Welcome to Cyber Centuries from Paladin Cloud on True Story FM. I'm your host, John Richards. Here we explore the transformative potential of AI for cloud security. In this episode, our guest is Shrianz Mehta, the CTO and co-founder of Sequence Security, an early adopter of AI and machine learning. Shrianz walks us through using AI for real-world security use cases, including detecting suspicious traffic by studying legitimate users' behavior and identifying exposed data based on context. Let's get started. Hello, Shrianz, and welcome to Cyber Centuries. We're so glad to have you here. Now, you're co-founder and CTO at Sequence, uh, an API security company that you started like 10 years ago. Now, exciting thing about what you all are doing, you began to invest in AI a lot earlier than, than many folks. So I'm curious why your organization started to embrace AI so early. Well, first of all, thanks, John, for having me here. Um, yes, uh, to your point, uh, we started investing in AI very early days, uh, from, from right from the beginning of Sequence. In fact, uh, if you look at our domain, it's actually sequence.ai. I mean, because the, the, the founding of the company go back to like using AI and detecting uh, uh, adversaries using, using AI. And so I'll tell you a story. A large financial institution was actually our um, one of our first customers, they are an API first company. They were getting attacked by the adversaries, creating fake accounts, uh, moving money around from account to account, even laundering money outside um, their institutions. And they were using tools that mimicked real devices, like mobile devices, browsers, and things like that. When we started looking into it, we had to detect these adversaries, which looked like like real devices and browsers, and that's where uh, we brought an AI to be to be able to detect the behaviors of these uh, threat actors, and then being able to separate them from real users. Because if you end up impacting uh, real users, no matter how good your security is, it will it will never be adopted. So that to us was the beginning of use of AI in our in our uh, solution. I know folks can feel like AI started around the, the recent buzz in it, but it's interesting to hear that you guys were finding such value early on in this, even before kind of the, the recent wave. So I'm sure you've got plenty of thoughts on on how that's uh how that's maturing over the over the last year or so as it's risen up. But uh, before we dive more in that, you, you talk about API security here. Can you explain a little bit more what is meant when you say, hey, we're doing API security, we're kind of applying AI onto this? We started with a very specific use case for a very large financial institution where there was a, actually abuse going on on top of their APIs. As we were working through that and then... Uh, work through retail, telecom, and a bunch of other uh, verticals, we were always uh, working very closely with them as partners, hearing what their real needs are and so on and so forth. Uh, ultimately, the way uh, our customers, are, what, what they are asking us to do is three simple things. Where are my, my APIs? 
what risks do they pose in in uh, in their environment are they being abused or not to me that is the full suite of api protection right uh, starting from api attack surface discovery like what's actually exposed out there then coming into cataloging those apis what risk are they posing in terms of pii pci or any of those things are they properly authenticated if they are actually exposing such data and then the later part is around are they being abused right is somebody scraping data is, is somebody uh, mimicking a real user and and trying to take over an account or move money or to go after the gift cards depending on the business or the api business logic that enterprise is actually exposing and then ultimately stopping that natively into the environment so you need to have a holistic view of api protection and these these pieces are all needed in a single platform to be able to do that do you see a lot of folks not even understanding their landscape? I mean, I've been in organizations, use lots of APIs, and it feels like that first piece is is just so often missing where we think we're okay and we really have no had no idea of like how many different API points we had out there and what information they were really showing. Uh, we have many such stories to share. And uh, so we were working with a large dating platform and uh, they had uh, they were they had protection on a couple of apis that uh, that apis allowed for users to log in and they were still getting abused and they were scratching their heads like where are these attacks actually coming in from right what we uncovered for them was instead of the five that they thought were the entry points into the environment, there were actually 29, right? So just, just knowing the unknown is the starting point. Otherwise, you cannot protect uh, what you don't even know exists out there. And that is, that is one such story. Like There's another one where um, there was a, a potential customer who said, oh, we are good. Everything for us actually flows through one single CDN and then... There is no other attack surface outside of that. And we have a, a WAF in there and we should be good. And then uh, with with the spider tool that we have, you know, we actually showed them that they have actually 29 different environments. Wow. And not everything actually flows through through their CDN. And in some cases, their origin API servers are actually publicly exposed as well. So, so, so that... It was actually an eye-opener and start of a journey. Okay, we need to have an API protection program in place. Wow, it sounds like so many people don't even understand the, the scope of that. They think they've got this like false level of security because they're like, well, this is the area we're focused on and, and aren't aware. Now, I know a lot of folks right now are looking into what are ways we can begin to use AI in our product. You know, it's a, uh, a, a trending topic right now and they're looking to do that. What is the level of dependence on APIs that that folks are are you know like as they move to this is there going to be less API usage or is like it seems like a lot of this is driven by APIs so do you see a lot of customers coming in and needing to suddenly secure new API points from their integrations with different AI models or generative AI? Absolutely. So uh, I think you use APIs for pretty much everything. I mean, it is the backbone of internet today, right? 
And the way we see this is if you are hosting an AI model or some or any of those things, your consumers are actually interacting with those models over APIs. Right? Uh, so let's say I am, let's say, uh, a bard or uh, a chat GPT and I'm hosting these services my consumers will are sending me a lot of information over APIs about the prompts, the the data, any of those things. And number one, you need to worry about that, being able to protect uh, any of those things, right? And these are new channels that you're opening up. Second thing is I, as a company, let's say I'm, uh, I'm a consumer of a model and I'm relying on third-party services to, to, to be able to answer or, or sort of ask questions as prompts or any of those things my data my customer ip and any of those things are actually leaving my environment to connect to other environments as well and guess how it's happening it's all over apis as well right there is no other way um that that any two entities actually communicate but api so so that's where you have to worry about a lot of things uh to to be able to expose this and and actually adopt this in a secure fashion are you seeing any kind of like unique threats or like new attack vectors that folks are using to target specifically some of these um ai endpoints things like that the actors are evolving as well right like we've already seen like so there is ai and then there is gen ai right the generative ai right like there are threads that are still yet to be explored and how to solve for the like the misinformation that they can spread by messing up with the model creation of deep fakes so so there there's one aspect or one thread around that right second thing is the the data privacy and security issue like that we just touched upon right like if if what kind of data is being used to train certain models uh is it going to land up in 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 those uh responses when customers ask for, for certain questions in certain ways right are my passwords pii information is that going to be exposed or not right how is it how is that data going to be exposed right so first thing is are what are those models being trained on right if it is okay if it is trained on publicly available data set but once we get to like these verticals when when my data is getting used to to train certain models right i'm not talking about these publicly available llms but uh, vertical llms where it could be trained on my enterprise data and is that going to be exposed in any way if, if customer one's data can be exposed to customer two while serving for certain prompts or uh, our questions when they actually ask. So is it securely exposed, all right? Making sure that it's not overexposing things. Is is it properly authenticated or not? Because is it only exposed, authenticated as well as authorized? Only certain users should have access to certain kinds of data. So all standard techniques around protecting your assets the way you would do it. On top of it, uh, there are other other things around mo- model manipulation, hallucination, and and like the other things will also come in. But when we talk specific about APIs, like how, is it authenticated? Is it authorized? Is it secure? What kind of data is uh, is exposed? All those things actually come into play. 
So what do you recommend for folks that are trying to get that visibility, kind of stay ahead of the curve with their APIs? Obviously, you know, uh, check out Sequence, but are there other best practices that you're recommending to folks as they try to adopt these APIs and use them that, that will make their life easier? Yeah, so I, I think uh, you, you're also hinting this. It's it's a double-edged sword, but, uh, but it's it's adoption, you like it or not, is going to happen. Right, like uh, no matter no matter how much you try to block it, uh, I mean, users are already using it. Right, that boat has sailed. Uh, you have to just expose it uh, in a controlled fashion so that you know exactly what is being exposed. And so, so I think I listed it uh, earlier as well. Right, like uh, number one is uh, you have to prioritize secure data sharing. Right, making sure that you know exactly uh, who your data is getting shared with and how, right? Uh, you need to get complete visibility into that. So might as well bring it into your circle of trust that these are the, the apps and APIs that I trust and I have visibility into that rather than saying that I will not be exposing this at all, right? Uh, then whoever is the right partner or set of partners you're choosing you need to know that they are they have the capability to to protect your data as well right and and this is there are standard uh, compliance suites around that right like soc2 pci and a bunch of other things around it but you should be able to trust that third party you are actually uh, uh, relying on right but but then even after uh, that happens you uh, you need to make sure that you have proper credentials to access that. You're doing that over APIs that are being properly monitored. If they are exposing certain kinds of data, you need to have proper contracts and training with your um, uh, with your users that, okay, this is the kind of data you're allowed to expose. Uh, and this is something that you should never expose, that your customer's private data or any of those should not leave your environment. Um, uh, it should be scrubbed off. And then the last aspect aspect is trust, but verify. That means even though you have committed contracts uh, uh, the, with your, uh, your end users who are actually using these services, making sure in real time, runtime, that this is what they're exactly doing. And sometimes they might make a mistake. So you need to be able to flag that, double it up, and even potentially even block it uh, when such things happen. Oh, great advice. Thank you. Now, you mentioned earlier about how early on you all were using AI, identifying you know the legit traffic versus illegitimate traffic. Um, how has that changed over time? Or like, what are you looking at as AI continues to grow, as you guys are growing? Um, where do you see new possibilities for AI in the space of advancing like API security? Are there any areas you're currently working on or that you're already seeing value in or you're looking to jump into? I mean, as you already know, right, security is a complex word. There are so many different tools being able to figure out alerts and making sense out of it is a very, very hard problem to to, to solve. Um, so first area for us is really simplifying some of these, the, the uh, sim- sim- simplifying the product, right, is, is the first use case that we, that we have. Um, and it could be about our end user who's, who's actually 
it could be a SOC analyst to uh, API developer, any of those uh, those end users, simplifying uh, and making sure that they can get to a proper API protection very very quickly. So it could it could be about the SOC alerts, like can they make sense out of those uh, very easily and quickly and and take uh, automated actions around it is one area uh, for us that we are uh, continuing to invest in uh, in ai around that second is that we, that we announced last year is use of llms to generate um, api security test cases right, where the models can automatically detect api specs what kind of of uh, tests actually make sense around it and auto generating those tests uh, based on that cuz building out tests is like people's least favorite job <laughs> so incredible spot to be automating yeah so so that those are those are making lives easier for our end customers right and then uh, ultimately uh, using gen ai for other purposes uh, would also be around just under, understanding the the adversary as well, because the adversary is not sitting still, right? They are, they have the access to the same tools. So how can we stay ahead of the curve? And when they use tools like this, how can we detect and protect against that? That is happening now. We're seeing you know hackers at the very least scaling up their attacks, at least in a lot of other spaces. Um, are you seeing that same thing happen where they're using AI to? evolve how they're attacking in the um, API space or um, is it kind of the same thing just the just maybe more volume I, I think that the level of sophistication has increased for sure right the ability to hide behind real looking things has also improved a lot right and and this has happened in the last one year alone right so so we are seeing some of these things. Uh, we are constantly mining the black market for tools that are available, and I'm I'm sure they the these they they are using some of these tools because they are they are they are upping their game for sure. So uh, there is no hard evidence just yet in, on our side uh, as a threat actor, but looking at their tactics and sophistication, I can guarantee you they're actually using such tools today. How do enterprises try to stay ahead of that? Is there, there anything they can do or, or what does that look like? If you're, you're a CISO out there at an organization and you know this is coming, like how do you, how do you get ahead of, of what might, the threats that are out there? Yeah. So one, one of the things that I see, and that is again, I go back to the beginning of, of sequence as well is, uh, these models are all based on data. Right. So without data, these models are useless. Right. So if you if you give junk to an in, uh, as an input to a model, the output will also be junk. Right. What what all these bad bad actors don't have is your users. They don't have access to it. Their behaviors. How are they gonna? How do they interact on a daily basis from morning to night? Like uh, how? What does the the overall pattern of access is in your environment that okay you are a retailer and retailers as customers typically wake up at nine they start shopping till noon and then they go back to work and like uh, certain certain behaviors around it right what kind of access patterns do they have any of those things they they are blind to it they only have access to your mobile app your web application because it's publicly available and then they they're trying to use that reverse that to get in right they can be very good at mimicking a real browser or a 
real mobile device but they will not be good at uh, understanding your customer customer interactions and then and that's where uh, you can actually stay ahead of the curve applying ai to learn certain behaviors and then being able to differentiate the bad actors from the good ones right? because that is your asset and that they'll not have access to Wow, that's uh, I love that insight. So it reminds me, I heard uh, years ago that when they want to train bank tellers on identifying counterfeit money, what they don't do is give them a bunch of counterfeit money to use. Instead, they take real money and they just handle it so much that when something fills off, they know there's something wrong. Yeah. And anyway, your response there reminds me of that. Like You know how your real users interact. Yeah. And if you know that well enough, if you analyze that, you can use that data then to identify, oh, here's an anomaly. Why is this different? Oh, this could be a bad actor. Wow. Oh, well, thank you for, for sharing that insight. I appreciate it. Um, something for folks to think about as they use that to, to try and identify what's going on. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, I've been hearing this term, uh, API posture management. There's a few different posture management outs there and API is starting to become one of these. Um, what, what do you all think about when you think of the idea of API posture management? So I spoke about the API security journey, right? Three things. Where are my APIs? What risk are they posing? And then uh, are they being abused? So the second aspect of it, that we can expand on that. And that is really the API posture management. Right? So there, there, like we get into uh, organizations and who are catching up to API security. Right? And the APIs are already out there. Um, and maybe less than 20% of them are actually cataloged or documented. Right? Because developers already knew their APIs, the specs were just catching up to that. Right? Now, what that meant was people are using those APIs, you catalog them, but but then what? Uh, uh, you had you might baseline them by creating, uh, you're looking at the runtime traffic that, okay, the remaining 80%, let's create a baseline spec for it, and let's start seeing deviations on top of it. Right? But then, what you also need to know is what are they really exposing? Because what you might have thousands, and like we have customers who have tens of thousands of API endpoints because they are large, complex organizations. Some grew through acquisitions, some have uh, development happening across the globe. Sometimes uh, the developers have moved off, and then new people don't even know those APIs actually exist out there. So. First is we're getting a handle of how many APIs do I have, but then where do I start? Like out of these tens of thousands of API endpoints, what risk are they posing? Right. So, so uh, it could be based on multiple aspects. One is what kind of data are they exposing? Right. And it could be generic uh, PCI, PII data that you know about, or it could be customer specific. Right. Like, like if you're a telecom. Like call records are a big deal, right? Like IMEI numbers are a big deal. So it could be very contextual to a vertical URN. And then um, if they're being exposed, are they, did they really need to be exposed or not, right? You have to ask that question. Uh, and, and that all falls under the posture management, right? So did they, did they need to be exposed? If, if they need to be exposed, are they properly being authenticated or not? Are there, is there proper authorization scheme in place? Um, do you have prop, um, 
are you using strong form of authentication on those APIs? Right. So, so all those things actually fall under that bucket. And then as like, and this is not just a snapshot in time because the developers will be developers. They have to uh, roll out new apps at a very fast pace. Uh, so they will roll out a new endpoint uh, without your knowledge. So being able to bubble up those endpoints called shadow APIs, uh, uh, sometimes they will do that to test uh, an endpoint. So, so I have a get endpoint, but during testing, I need to be able to delete the data and then repopulate uh, that data. So I have a delete and a put endpoint that's not supposed to be publicly exposed, but it ended up being one. Right? So, uh, so some of those things you have to worry about and being able to detect and exposure around that. Um, there have been cases where uh, the test uh, endpoints were backed by real customer data. I mean, there have been very well-known public breaches um, <laughs> that we are aware of uh, where a test endpoint unauthenticated, backed by real data, and the bad actor was just enumerated through certain identifiers and exfiltrated that entire data set. So, so that's where the API posture management comes into picture. Like, what, what are my APIs? What risk are they exposing? And then uh, do they really need to be there or not? And then you need to start classifying them based on the, the risk they're opposing and start zooming into the ones for deeper analysis for the higher risk uh, APIs. How do you go about understanding what data is being exposed by that endpoint? Is this like a manual process of getting dumps of data of each one? Or is there a way to you know, more, more rapidly classify that if you're having to do this, as as you mentioned, like as a continual thing, because you know, never know when an API might change, or as you mentioned, a new API might come online. It's it's a mix of multiple things. One, like the, uh, so I would say the big brush that we use is again, an NLP based and AI model where we can actually understand the context of data flowing back and forth within those APIs and trying to say, okay, this, uh, this is a 16 digit number and they're like based on the 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 model around it and the context around it uh, it actually looks like a credit card number right or uh, because around it are the dates of expiration and then certain keywords around it right so it's like think of it like an nlp based uh, model that can actually detect some of those things so you don't need to manually go ahead and figure out what needs to happen uh, the uh, but the customizability is the uh, the other aspect where you know as an organization what matters to you and might not fall into something that we have ever seen right your your environment is your environment so being able to customize what you care about come up with patterns what you care about and then use that um, to be able to detect and bubble up some of those risks is also possible yeah there's organizational contextual ones you you mentioned okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Shreyan, so much for coming on here. I learned a ton. Um, I really appreciate it. So um, in addition to thanks for being a guest on our show, I'd love if you could share with our listeners a little bit more about um, Sequence Security, what's going on, anything they should follow, or maybe you've got something yourself you'd like to promote. But any any words for our listeners out there? First of all, again, thanks, John, for, uh, for having me here. Uh, a little bit about uh, Sequence, if you've not heard about... Uh, uh, as before, we are the largest API protection company that is out there. We protect on a daily basis close to 8 billion API requests every day. 
and and this is across multiple verticals ranging from finance retail telecom and social and you name it right so anybody and everybody who has who is interacting with their customers and partners i mean it's no news uh, that they're actually happening over apis uh so so if if you need to learn more or hear more about sequence uh you can either reach me directly at shreyans at sequence.ai or get to our site and ask for a deeper dive. Uh, we can definitely help you there. And we'll definitely include that in the uh, show notes, a link over to that. So be sure to check that out. Again, thank, thank you, John. Uh, great chatting with you today. podcast is made possible by Paladin Cloud, an AI-powered prioritization engine for cloud security. DevOps and security teams often struggle under the massive amount of notifications they receive. Reduce alert fatigue with Paladin Cloud. Using generative AI, our model risk scores and correlates findings across your existing tools empowering teams to identify, prioritize, and remediate the most important security risks. If you'd like to know more, visit paladincloud.io. Thank you for tuning in to Cyber Centuries. I'm your host, John Richards. This has been a production of True Story FM. Audio engineering by Andy Nelson. Music by Amit Sagi. You can find all the links in the show notes. We appreciate you downloading and listening to this show. We're just starting out. So please leave a like and review. It helps us to get the word out. We'll be back March 13th, right here on Cyber Centuries.